Why don't you say this with me? Say, heaven come. come. Say, freedom. Sorry, that was loud. Say, breakthrough. Say, abundance. We're going to be speaking about declarations tonight. So I already tricked you guys. So I thank you, God, for ears that can hear. I thank you, Holy Spirit, uh, for revelation, for transformation. And, uh, yeah. So let's say one more. Say this with me. Say, God brought me here tonight because he believes in me more than I believe in myself. He's raising me up for something bigger than I know. Something is happening in me tonight. It's going to increase, and I'll never be the same again. Amen. So, declarations transform lives. Declarations transform our lives. The way we speak can transform our lives. And so, I want to talk about two things to set the course for transformation. Declarations being one of them. And another thing we're going to do is laugh at a few things. So, we're going to do those two things. So, let's, let's look at some, you know, some scriptural basis for declarations. In Proverbs 18.21, it's a familiar passage. says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. And so I want to focus on life is in the power of the tongue. I think that too often, you know, if we've been raised in the church or coming from that, we, we kind of quiver, we get nervous and say, oh, death, death, death and life. And we kind of lose focus of life is in the power of the tongue. And the tongue has power to release life wherever we go. It says, those who love it, this, speaking to the verse, it says, those who love it will eat its fruit. If we love this truth, that life is in our tongue, we will speak intentionally and we will eat that abundant fruit that our past words or our declarations have produced. And if we believe that life is in our tongue, we'll speak on purpose. I think that, you know, on the negative side, like I said, I think we're concerned in that verse about, about death. And, and I think it's, it's sort of a funny example here, but let's be honest, if, if a witch came up here tonight and like spoke a curse over everybody, we'd all freak out about it, right? We'd go home, we'd be thinking about it tomorrow, we'd be calling Ken, we'd be calling Tracy, we'd be like concerned what's going to happen, what's going to happen, because we're concerned about, well, there's death in that. But if I stand up here and speak a blessing over everybody, we probably wouldn't remember it tomorrow. We'd be like, oh, those words are nice, that's great. But we don't have the same imagination, we don't have the same thought for life in the power of the tongue as I think that we do the concern of death. So I don't want to focus anymore on that. I just want to draw that distinction and say that really the verse says life is in the power of the tongue. So I think that, you know, we need to ask God to change our mindsets, to change and give us an imagination for what does it mean to actually think about goodness, that we can declare good things and that they'll happen. I mean, think about, you know, Psalm 23 says that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. What if goodness and mercy actually followed, uh, caught up with you? Like, what would that look like if goodness and mercy actually overtook you? If goodness and mercy was actually everywhere around you, what would that look like? Do we have a picture for that? Because uh, I think that, you know, we, we, God gave us an imagination for a reason, and, we, and, and you know, we, we give life to things, and, and it takes us imagining that to, to make it a reality, if that makes sense. So another biblical basis for, for declarations. So here's another thought. We need to give more weight and more influence to God's truths than to the enemy's lies. 
One way to do that is to continually put God's truths in our mouths. If we're continually speaking God's truths and declaring God's truths in our daily situations, then we're going to give more weight to those. So I want to, you know, I want to give you guys hope and suggest tonight that we should declare truths into our daily situations, to declare truths over our lives and into our future and over those around us. So another scriptural basis we find in James 3. And James 3 says that we control our whole body with our tongue. It says that if we can bridle our tongue, we can bridle our whole body. It talks about putting a bit in a horse's mouth and that you can direct the whole horse. And then it goes on and it talks about just like a rudder controls a ship, though the rudder is small, it turns the whole ship wherever the pilot wants to go. And James, 3, 5, uh, James chapter 3, verse 5 says... Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. So if we want to transform our lives, if we want to change our lives, we have to change our words. We have to change the way that we speak. And something powerful happens when we declare spiritual realities over our lives. When we align our words with what God thinks and we align our words with what is in heaven, we bring heaven to earth through our words, powerful things happen. If we want to see breakthrough and transformation in a particular area of our life, I want to suggest that a great start is to make specific declarations over that area of your life of what you want that area to look like. So if you want a breakthrough in your family, make declarations over your family. You want a breakthrough in relationships. You want to see, you know, other family members or friends come to the Lord. Like, make declarations over those areas. If you feel trapped in a certain area, if you, if you feel anxiety in certain areas of your life, if you don't have hope, make declarations into those areas and you'll see transformation. So say this with me. We're going to start making declarations tonight. Say, I am more than a conqueror. Everywhere I go, the presence of God goes with me. I was born for influence and to change the world around me. We're going to speak more about declarations, but I want to shift into a a, a second... uh, weapon that I feel like we have, a weapon of spiritual warfare, and that is laughing at lies of the enemy, because the enemy is always lying to us. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We know that, but I think that a powerful weapon that we have, and it sounds odd, and it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing, but to actually laugh at those lies, I think, is powerful, and it brings freedom. Psalm 2, verses 4, says that God laughs at his enemies. It says, he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. And David in the Psalms, is, or the psalmist, I'm not sure if it was David, but anyway, the psalmist is talking about how the enemy is making these plans and plotting, and it says that he who sits in the heavens shall laugh at those plans. So if God's laughing, and God has told us to be like him and to bring heaven to earth, then surely we have permission to laugh at the lies of the enemy. And, and 2 Corinthians 10.4 says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. I want to suggest to you that laughter is one of our weapons. We all know that it says that, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Laughter brings that joy. That's a weapon that we have. So, so I'm going to ask you guys to laugh with me at a few lies. So we're going to declare things and we're going to laugh at some lies. So I'm going to say some common lies that I think the enemy uses on many of us and we're going to laugh at those. And it's going to be weird, and it's going to be awkward, and that's okay. Just, like, take a risk with me here and roll with it. So laugh a little bit louder than you thought, than you, than you thought you were going to. So here's a common lie from the enemy. God is not going to meet your needs in the future. 
because his ability to meet your needs is dependent on how the economy is doing. <laughs> Here's another one. Here's another one the enemy uses. You are an insignificant person in the body of Christ. <laughs> this one I'm sure many of us have heard. God doesn't speak to me. That's not true. <laughs> it's kind of funny when you say it out loud. It's kind of funny when you say it out loud. Here's another one. There is something uniquely wrong with me. <laughs> and so the enemy says these things to us, right? He lies to us, and he gets in our heads, and it feels really real, right? These things go around and around in your head. These lies circle around in your head, and they feel really real. And that's another lie, right? If something feels really true, it must be true. Let's laugh at that. If something feels really true, it must be true. <laughs> and here's, a, here's one, more, one more that the enemy loves to use. Laughter is of the devil. <laughs> so laughter, laughter takes letting go of something. Right? If I'm, if I'm angry, if I'm upset, if I just wallow in something, and I go and watch a comedian, I'm going to sit there and I'm like, I'm not going to laugh. I don't feel like laughing because I'm angry. But it takes me letting go of that anger, and then I might find that same comedian that I've heard before to be funny. So it takes letting go of something. It takes actually letting go of our belief in that lie. And that's why it's powerful to laugh at that lie. And, and as I was saying, you know, the enemy tries to isolate us. He tries to lie and keep us thinking in our head without you know, without speaking that out, unless we share that with somebody or we put words to that lie, when you actually say it, it, it can be funny. Like, when it's swirling around your head, it feels really true and it feels, like, really big. But once you actually speak it out, it, it loses some of that power. Does that make sense? So here's another, here's another story for you. Um, last week, uh, I got home from work and Elijah, my son, for those of you who don't know, he's two years old, He's uh, coming down the stairs with my wife, and he's ex he hears me come in the door, so he's excited, and he gets going a little fast, and he falls down like the last four stairs and hits his head, and so whatever. He recovers. He's okay. But, like two days later, I'm going down the basement, different set of stairs, but down the basement stairs with him, and I go ahead of him to turn the light on, and he's coming down, and he's holding the rail, and I hear him behind me. He says, be careful, be careful, <laughs> right? So it's hard to... It's hard to believe a lie when you're speaking the truth. Because based on his past experience from a couple days prior, he could be thinking, oh no, I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall, don't fall, don't fall. But he's saying, be careful, be careful. It's hard to believe that lie of I'm going to fall. If you're speaking out, be careful, be careful. I heard another story of a, a, a little girl. I think she was like three years old, and she was climbing these big stairs uh, up to a slide with her dad. And she says, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. There again, it's hard to believe a lie. I, I can't do this. I can't handle this when you're speaking the truth out of your mouth. So let's just declare that. Let's say that. I can do it. Declare, I am the righteousness of Christ. I am more than enough. I have what it takes. I am going from glory to glory. Another interesting thing, I think, about declarations is this concept of self-talk. We're always, all of us are, are continually talking to ourselves, 
whether we know it or not, consciously or, or, or unconsciously, but we're talking to ourselves. We have this inner dialogue, right? And uh, research actually shows that we can speak about 150 to 200 words per minute. Women speak faster than men, in case anybody was wondering. But the mind can listen to 500 to 600 words per minute. So even as I'm speaking, you all can be taking in what I'm saying and also thinking about dinner or plans tomorrow or whatever because you can be thinking five to 600 words per minute and I can only talk 150 to 200 words per minute. But the point is that we're always talking. And I think that if we just pause for a second and think about either what we're, we're self-talking internally or even what's coming out of our mouths, we can identify lies and then we can change those and we can make declarations and it changes the way that we think when we change our language. So, you know, over the last couple of weeks I've been trying to think about or, or pay attention to words that are coming out of my mouth and here's some phrases that, that you all may be saying or thinking of too. But I noticed some phrases that I decided I didn't like. And one of them is, you know, my wife and I will look at each other and say, well, there's always something. Like, the implication is there's always something going wrong. There's always going to be something to take care of. There's always something. And another one that, that, you know, we've got two young kids and we both work. And so another one we commonly say is, oh, there's never enough time. There's never enough time. And I think that both of those come from a lie of lack, something of lack. But we serve a God of abundance. We serve a God that has unlimited resources. And... Uh, he said that he came to give us life and life abundantly. And he said that he wouldn't give us more than we could handle. And he said that anything he did ask us to do, he'd give us the grace to do. So I think that there's a place to actually reign in your life and walk in that truth of there's more than enough. There's, there's, there's enough grace for me to do today what I need to do today, right? And there, there's enough time for me to accomplish what God's asked me to accomplish and, and restructure those priorities. But, and so it's, it's kind of twofold there. You know, the first point is notice what's actually coming out of your mouth because that's, that's going to give you what's in your heart, right? Out of your heart, your mouth speaks. And then secondly, change that. So let's laugh at those lies. There's never enough, whatever it is in your life, there's never enough time, there's never enough money, there's never enough. Let's laugh at that. There's never enough. <laughs> and there's always something. There's always some problem. Let's laugh at that one too. Because <laughs> God is a God of hope. He has hope in every situation. So if we're looking at something as there's, there's lack and we don't have hope for that situation, we just need God's perspective. We need to slow down for a second and say, Lord, how do you feel about this situation? Holy Spirit, what do you have for me in this situation? Because he's always a God of hope. Here's another point. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. We all know that, Romans 10, 17. We hear ourselves talk more than anyone else. Again, kind of back to the self-talk. You hear yourself talking, whether it's verbally or in your head, you hear yourself talking more than anybody else. And so we can build our own faith by hearing ourselves declare truth. Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. We can renew our minds, we can renew our self-talk, that dialogue that's going on by speaking truth. And John 8.32 says, the truth will set you free. Again, we all know that verse. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If we declare truth into our lives, we will renew our minds, and we will bring freedom to situations where we don't have freedom right now. So declare this with me. I am a speaker of truth. 
The truth I speak today sets the course for my tomorrow. And my future generations. Here's another verse, another kind of thought on self-talk and, and renewing our minds. Uh, the Bible, you know, instructs us to take every thought captive. Uh, we talked about 2 Corinthians 10.4 earlier, and it goes into 2 Corinthians 10.5. Let's actually read them together. I have them in separate places. But. So 2 Corinthians 10.4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So we have thoughts going through our head all the time, but I want to tell you that not every thought is your own, right? The enemy gets in there and tries to lie to you. He does lie to you and tries to convince you that those thoughts are your own. Well, I can't share, I can't say what I'm thinking because people will think less of me because you're taking that thought on as your own. But really, it's the enemy. And so we take that thought captive against the obedience of Christ. We take that against the truth of the word and we recognize that that's a lie. Then we can speak out the truth in the opposite and change the way that we think, renew our minds. Does that make sense? A couple more um, kind of biblical support ideas for declarations. Job 22:28 says, you will also declare a thing and it will be established for you so light will shine on your ways. We don't have something just by saying something, but saying something is necessary to having something. So I'm not here to say, well, you can just name it and claim it. You can just say whatever and have it. But that doesn't exactly mean that the opposite isn't true. I think that to, to, to gain freedom, to gain inheritance, to, to move forward, to gain breakthrough in our lives, it requires us changing our words. I heard somebody say that the future is in the mouths of intentional speakers. But if we look at this verse, Job twenty-two twenty-eight, I mean, it's pretty plain. You will also declare a thing, and it will be established for you. And then it goes on, it says, so light will shine on your ways. As we declare God's goodness, we become a light in the world, displaying God's glory and goodness. Because we're declaring his truths over our lives, we then begin to walk into those truths and we become a light. A light shines on our ways. So another thing that we can declare, another, another way that declarations affect us is in our identity. And this is why I was excited to actually bring this based on, you know, Clayton's whole, I think, it, I feel like it ties into his series that he's been or was doing on identity. Um, declaring our identity over ourselves transforms our minds and reminds us how God sees us. So if we look at in Luke 4, when Jesus was tempted in the desert, he didn't think his way out of that temptation. He didn't think his way out of the desert. He spoke it. The enemy tempted him by attacking his identity. The enemy tempt came into him and said, well, if you are the son of God, this. If you are the son of God, if you are the son of God. And so if we look at Luke, um, Luke 4, 5, it says, Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. So, so the enemy says, if you'll worship before me, I'll give you all this stuff. And Jesus doesn't sit there and say, I will not worship you, I will not worship you, in his head thinking, I will not worship you, I will not worship you, I will not worship you. I think that's what many of us do, right? The enemy lies to us, and we just try to, like, Dis discard that negative, like just get rid of the negative. But Jesus actually takes it a step further, and so G he, he didn't just think it, he spoke it. 
He, and Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. He spoke a truth. And so I think that when the enemy attacks us and, and brings those lies, we, we, when we verbalize, when we declare those truths, it becomes a powerful weapon. So just declare that truth with me. Say, I will only worship the Lord my God. Another example of, of declarations related to identity we see in, in the story of Abraham, Abraham and Sarah. And, and so we all know it was Abram and Sarai, and God changed their names. And God changed, I, you know, I want to suggest that God changed Abraham's name so that he would con continually be speaking God's promise over himself. Abram, the, word, the name Abram means exalted father, but Abraham means father of a multitude. So God told Abraham to call himself by God's promise to him. He did this by calling himself father of a multitude before he even had any legitimate descendant. So before he had walked in that promise, God changed his name and, and, and told him to declare that promise over himself. And it's interesting to see that God gave Abram the promise that he was going to be the father of multitudes when he was about 75 but nothing much happened until he was 99 and God changed his name. And so it makes sense that God changed his name so that Abraham would actually speak the promise and not lose sight of the promise. And it, I believe that's just a powerful story about making our past promises, whether that's things that God's promised you, prophetic words you might have gotten, but making those past promises become our present reality by speaking them over ourselves. So it's... it's you know, words, most of what we've been doing is just words from the Bible, just God's truths. But you can also declare, you know, specific promises over your own life and speak that into the future. Another story is Gideon, right? The angel came to Gideon and said, you're a mighty man of valor. And I know Clayton spoke on that a while ago. And Gideon didn't feel like a mighty man of valor in that moment. But the angel spoke it to him, declared it over him. And I can just, this is, Go with me for a second, slightly extra biblical, but you can imagine Gideon repeating that to himself when he was losing hope or feeling anxiety. You can imagine where he would have been scared, and he's remembering that the angel said that and saying, I'm a mighty man of valor, I'm a mighty man of valor, I'm a mighty man of valor, and fighting that anxiety. But again, it's, it's a name, right? And it's speaking that promise over yourself. So declare this with me. I am a carrier of hope. I have hope and a future. God is increasing his goodness in my life. Mark 11.23 is another, another familiar verse that I, I want to just unpack a little bit more. But it says, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, does not doubt it in his and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. It's, it's kind of easy to miss the truth here. And, and again, that's a, that's a passage that many of us are familiar with. Jesus is not saying there that he who believes the mountain will be removed will see it done. That's how a lot of us, I think, hear it and kind of know that verse. But it's actually a more powerful truth than that. If we read it again, he's what, or let me give you this paraphrase and then we'll read it again. What he's saying is, he who believes whatever he says will be done will have mountain, mountains move when he speaks. 
Let's, let's read it one more time. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. I've, I just, I believe that that verse even alone should just be a catalyst for a lifestyle of declarations. That God's saying, if you believe, if you declare my truth and you believe what you're saying, you will see it done. Um, I had talked to a couple people this week. If you guys want to come up here really quick, that'd be awesome. So to kind of recap, summarize, a powerful weapon of warfare that we have is laughing at lies. When the enemy lies to us, instead of getting wrapped up in our head, we speak those out and laugh at them, and that takes the power away. And we declare the word, truths from the Bible, we declare our identity, and we declare promises over our life, and, and we can prophesy, we can actually declare our future. We can prophesy to ourselves and to our future and to our future generations. You know, Romans 4.17 talks about that which is not as though it were. We can prophesy by making declarations into our future. So make declarations over yourself, over your family, over your kids, over your spouse. And I want to encourage you and challenge you to see what God does with that into the future. So I called up. Kevin and Tommy this week and asked them a couple things. I didn't tell them what I was speaking on, so I don't know if it makes more sense now or not. Maybe they're just confused. But I asked them to be thinking of either a lie that the enemy's spoken to them uh, or a truth that God's revealed to them. So, so I'm not, I don't know what they're going to say, but I just wanted some more people to share some kind of common things and, and try to make it practical of how we can laugh at lies and how we can make declarations. So what do you guys have? So this one is not one of the laughing ones. <laughs> this is a declaration. Um, so I have everything that I need already to do what Jesus told us to do. And you have everything you need to do what God has called you to do. So that's something that I've come to. Yeah. A truth. Yeah, man. Okay. So I have everything I need to do what Jesus called me to do. Word. I love that you did a declaration because I have a lie that I was believing. Get ready to laugh. And it's going to be short and sweet like what Sam was doing before. Ready? God can't fulfill me. <laughs> and there we go. Yeah, I had, a, I had a lie to laugh at, but I also was prepared with, I knew what his sermon was about, so I had both. So you tell me if you want more of Okay. So my, yeah. Um, the lie that I was believing is that I'm not enough, you know, like for God, that I have to like, I've had a lot going on with uh, time-wise with the kids, and like he said, we've been fighting time, so I haven't had as much time for the Lord. And it's been like a shameful, like kind of guilt thing that I've been dealing with. And I kept hearing this lie that you're not enough because you can't, you're not keeping up with your, you know, spending time with me and all these things. And so um, that's a lie. So I'm going to say in case you're ever hearing that yourself, that you're not enough for God, I'm, it's a lie. So <laughs> let's laugh at that. <laughs> And then the truth that um, I feel like God's been telling me is joy is a choice. 
and, um, and that, you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? But it is a choice to choose joy and the joy of the Lord. So, so declare this with me. Say, I am more than enough. And say, I choose joy. And joy follows me wherever I go. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. So we're, we're wrapping up, but I, wanted to, I just want to make a couple more declarations. I just want to give you guys some tools and, and declare things over our lives. So I've kind of got two topics that I picked. One is peace, because I feel like, you know, the world is filled with anxiety and negativity. So I just want to make some declarations, all of us together, about peace and then hearing God's voice, because I feel like that's something that we all struggle with. So why don't you guys stand with me? All right, so let's declare this together. We'll, we'll do the peace ones first. So just say this with me. Because I trust in God, I am kept in perfect peace. I do not have to strive for peace as God has already given it to me. I speak to any worry, stress, or anxiety, and I say you cannot stay. Peace reigns in this temple. My family is blessed with peace. And here's some declarations about hearing God's voice. My father desires to speak to me even more than I desire to hear from him. As a child of God, it is my privilege and birthright to hear my Father's voice. It is easy for me to hear the voice of God. Let's say that one again, because I'm sure that that can feel difficult or feel not true for some of us. And, that, and, and I, I should have said this earlier, but I want to say that too about decorations. I made a joke about, you know, it feeling awkward and weird. And I think that's okay. But, but what I want to suggest to you is that we press through that and continue to make declarations and that God's going to be faithful to give you the fruit of those declarations. So let's say that again. It is easy for me to hear the voice of God. Whatever God says to do is the most loving, most fruitful, and most exciting thing I can do.